Thanks for listening to the CT Podcast, a ministry of Church Triumphant, another opportunity for you to be equipped and encouraged to win, disciple, and send. For further information, go to www.churchtea.org. I don't know if you're like me, but I, I long for acceptance. Anybody, anybody in the house like that? How many of you guys are team sports people? Love team sports. How many of y'all watched the, how many of you watched the Cavs and the Raptors last night? That was a pretty cool team effort, I think, wasn't it? Huh? That was pretty crazy. Here's what I find about myself. I, in my longing for acceptance, I, I, I end up in frustration. Anybody there? You know what I do when I, when I end up in frustration? I start pulling away from the people I can get acceptance from. Amen? Y'all don't do that? I do that. I pull away. I, 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 I get away from those who can uh, who help me find what I'm looking for. When I, when I was a, uh, between my sophomore and freshman years of, of high school, I had determined I was no longer going to play a team sport. Because I was frustrated. I was tired. There's some other things going on in my life, and, and I backed off. Anybody ever done that before? There's this, there's, this, there's, there's this funny way of how life works. God gives you people, right? So I have this dad who was, just wasn't going to let things ride. So one day I walk out of school, and the head football coach sees me walking down the hallway. Hey, Mr. Hines, got a second? Now, I lived in, we lived in Florida at the time. If you, I don't know if you guys know how a Florida school campus is set up, but it's not like one big building. It's a series of small buildings with a fence around it. And so you don't have, like, hallways that have to be air-conditioned or heated. You just, because of the weather, you just walk in a discovered hallway to the next class. And there's benches all along the way. And so he said, sit down with me for a minute. I said, okay. I hear you want to quit. I said, yeah. See, I played defense all my life. My freshman year in high school, I listened to a couple of friends of mine who, whenever time we played Sandlot, they, th- they, saw, they, they saw I could catch pretty well, had a pretty good set of hands. I was kind of slow, so I'd probably be more like Steve Largent or Paul, or what was his name? Fred Belitnikoff or one of those guys. And, you know, and so I thought I'd give it a try. And here's the problem with playing wide receiver when you're used to playing a position that you're in the, engaged every time. You only really matter about one out of three plays, and you probably only get a call, only get a call sent to, you know, a pass sent to you about one out of every 12. After my freshman year, which was rough anyway, I found myself skipping school toward the end of my freshman year. Anybody ever done that? Emotionally, to- I see somebody going, no, dude, you are so bad. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Is this our pastor? Yeah, I did. And, um, and so there's a lot going on in my life, and I was about ready to give up. He looked at me. He said, Aaron, he began to talk to me about encouraging me. He asked me if I'd consider changing my role so I could help the team out better and my, maybe, maybe find some, some hope and some satisfaction and some encouragement. And, and he, he, he didn't plead, really, he didn't beg, but he said, Aaron, we could surely use you. And so I, I relented, and I went back, and I, I got to play outside linebacker and defensive end for the last three years of my, my high school career, which taught me a lot, honestly, about adversity. We were horrible. Bad, 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 bad. But here's what I found. Uh, uh, my, God set the stage for the rest of my life. In all sincerity, if I hadn't per, per, persevered in that and had been encouraged by my coach, if my father hadn't sent somebody to intervene in my life, I probably wouldn't be sitting here today. 
Because little did I know that that coach would, would, would see to it that certain leadership skills in my life would begin to be developed. In between my, my junior and senior years of high school, he sent me, I was the only kid from my school, sent to an athlete leader conference at the University of North Florida in Jacksonville. I had no idea what God was doing. I had no idea what, what was going to transpire. But, but because I was, I was pulling away from where I was called to be, where I was pulling away from the team I was supposed to walk with, because I was pulling away from the people and the, the leaders and the people who could, who could encourage and strengthen me, I almost sidetracked some things that God wanted to do in my life. And here's what I think. I think we all end up in places like that. I think we all find frustration, we do find discouragement, we do find depression, and the, th the easy thing for us to do is we want to pull away, to, to, to pull back. We have to be willing to be encouraged, we have to be willing uh, to alter our roles sometimes, we have to be willing to not give up. The worst thing we can do during those, those tough moments is to withdraw ourselves. That's the worst thing, but that's the natural thing to do. And I want to... If you're going to live your calling, you're going to live your calling because you are in a belonging. You, you, you cannot, you cannot. You must realize this, that our Father, our Father is putting others in front of us on purpose. And they are conspiring against us to get us where we need to be. So we'll be who we'll need to be. What God is doing with us isn't just about right now and the difficulty you're in. What God's doing right now is about the future. It's about the, the next step. It's about him making and shaping us into who we're supposed to be, who he's called us to be. So I want to say this. You can't live your calling until you're living in belonging. We've been teaching you principles. I mean, I, mean, I want to say this really quickly. This is not a formula. Scientific people who want A plus B equals C, we're not talking about that. Okay, so if I, if I understand I'm called, if I try and love as good as I can, if I belong and suddenly it's just going to, whoo, it's just going to pop up. No, these are principles to live by so you can begin to uncover what your calling is, what your purpose is. This is not a formula. God does not work in formulas in individual lives. He works on a path individually created for each person. Therefore, there's nothing cookie cutter. Okay, you have to begin to apply the principles to find out, to, to be on the path, the right path of discovery, to figure out who you are in Christ and what he created you for. I'm not even sure if that's good English, but I get the point across, right? I'm not supposed to end with a preposition in case some of you people don't know. I'm supposed to be a communicator. I should know that, but I'm still Southern Ohio, so I end up with a preposition sometimes at the end of my sentences, right? So here's the deal. You can't live out your calling unless you're living in belonging. You cannot. It's impossible. We started in Ephesians 4.1. Here's what it says. Paul, therefore I, a prisoner for serving the Lord, beg you to lead a life worthy of your calling, not somebody else's. For you have been called by God. Look at your neighbor and say, you have been called. Last week we read these words, with all humility and gentleness, with patience, bearing with one another in love. We said, you, you can't live out your calling unless you're living and loving. That love is a high point of the calling of God. You cannot be devoid of it and uncover what God's called you to be. You cannot. Love is a hallmark. It is a high point of being a follower of Christ. We must love Him and love others the way He loved us. We must love Him with our hearts, our minds, our souls, and our strength, with all of our being. That's how we begin to uncover who we're supposed to be, where we're supposed to go. Verse 3 goes on to say, now listen to these words, make every effort to keep yourselves, plural, united in the Spirit, binding yourselves together, plural again, with peace, 
For there is one body, one spirit, just as you've been called. Look at him again. Say, you've been called to one glorious hope for the future. There is one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is over all, in all, and living through all. Now that's good stuff. I should just walk away right now and I have to say nothing else, right? Listen, man, that's good stuff. So what's, what's Paul saying here? First thing he's saying is those he calls out, he also calls in. He didn't call you out to put you under you know, a, a spotlight and make you feel like a doofus. He calls you out of something to bring you into something. He calls you out of darkness into light. He calls you out of solitary living into community. He calls you out of living like the world into his belonging. He calls you out with purpose. He calls you out on purpose. He calls you to live with purpose among his people. Verse 3 says there's one body, I mean verse 4, there's one body, one spirit, just as you've been called to one glorious hope for the future. Those he calls out, he also calls in. Some of you don't feel like you find a place to fit. Listen, there's a place in the kingdom for you. The body of Christ is filled with people who have yet to find their place anywhere else. And so if you feel like, dude, I just can't find it, dude, there's a place for you. We, we, are, we are like the island of misfit toys. That's the way Jesus wants it. huh? He wants to take those who are weak and show his strength through them. So I want to be a dentist. Remember Herbie? Is that his name? Herbie? Wasn't that his name? You know, I want to be a dentist. Now the elves are like, dude, we don't be. He's like, but I want to. And so, you know, all of you have been trying to find your spot in the world. You're trying to find your, your spot in, in, in life. You're trying to find your spot, and you keep finding feeling like it's a square peg in a round hole. You know why? Because you're not supposed to be in there. You're supposed to be in him. You're not supposed to be in with them. You're supposed to be in with his people. You're not supposed to be in the fad or the, the, the popular thing or whatever. You're supposed to be a called-out one who's distinguished, who's into something eternal, not something temporal. He calls you out to call you in. That's beautiful, man. Huh? The Bible says he calls the solitary into families. Welcome to the family. They call us 1 Peter 2, 9 and 10 really this. But you are not like that, for you are a chosen people, plural. You are royal priests, plural. A holy nation, that's a, that's a, that's a, that's a group of people. God's very own possession, as a result, you can show others the goodness of God. Now listen again. For he called you out of darkness into light. Woo! Now that's good. That's really good. See, you can't live your calling unless you're living in belonging. So if you think you get saved and all you, can, all you need to do is watch Christian TV and some kind of podcast and you're good. Huh? No. No, 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 no. Because your endeavor is not to just make it to heaven. Your endeavor on this side is to become more like Jesus. You know how God uses, you know how God makes you more like Jesus? He puts you around people. That's what happens. Huh? You ever been in a situation like this and you go, oh Jesus? And he goes, Yes, I know. Huh? I bet a couple of you did it with your spouse this week, like, oh Jesus. 
You all pulled, you, you guys all pulled, you guys pulled that, that, that Adam line right out of Genesis. Lord, that woman you gave me. <sighs> you know? And the funny part about it, I probably rubbed some of you the wrong way. It's cool. I don't mind being Holy Spirit sandpaper. It's good. Huh? If I make all of you happy, I'm probably doing my job. So you don't, you don't have to like me. I, and, and I'm getting less and less where I care if you do or not, honestly. Because my job is not to make you happy. My job is to help you grow into be Christ-likeness. That means I have to dress certain things. That means i got to talk certain ways. That means i got to speak truth even though it's not popular. That, and I don't care. You understand what I mean? I mean, like last week when I lost my mind sitting in that chair. You remember that? I'd like to apologize. I'm not going to. Because when it matters, it matters. Right? Heaven matters. People coming to faith in Christ matters. People getting set free from things that mess them up and tear up their lives matter. And he calls us out to call us in. And if you're not in yet, you think you're living for Jesus, but you're not in a body of believers, you're not in a small group, you're not in a community of faith, you are missing God's hope and heart for you. You can't sit at home and watch John Hagee and John, Joe, whatever, Joel Osteen and, and all those guys and be what God wants you to be. You need to be engaged, not just sitting in a pew. You need to be engaged in the body of Christ, not just sitting watching. Okay? You can't live your college living belonging, right? Here's what here's this. The church was created to be a belonging for calling. Acts 2:46, we find these words. This is the day that the church was formed. 3,000 people came to faith in one day. If there was 120 of them hanging out in an open room praying. Holy Spirit gets poured out. God does some radical, crazy stuff. Things happen, and people are like, dude, we want in. Can we get in? You know what I think? I think those people are still out there. I think they still want in. I think they still want to know that there's hope, Greg. I still, want, I think, I still think they want to know that there's, there's, there's grace. They want to know there's forgiveness. They want to know there's a place for them. And they're waiting for us to be so empowered with the work of God, the love of God, the work of His Spirit, the Word of God, that we, that we, just, we, we just refuse to not go. Here's what happens, Acts 2.46. They worshiped together, they, plural, worshiped together at the temple each day and met in homes for the Lord's Supper. They shared their meals with great joy and generosity, all the while praising God and enjoying the goodwill of all the people. And each day the Lord added to their fellowship those who were being saved. I want to say something, and I don't want to you know, discourage anybody or... Our hope at Church T is that more and more people come to faith in Christ. We may be 10 miles outside of town, but I want to see more and more people not just come to church and raise their hands. I want to see people carry out the callings and the purposes that God saw them being before they were formed. And as long as there's holes here, we're not done. As long as there's empty seats, we're not done. And so if you're like, this is a nice, quiet little, well, not really quiet, but a nice little small church where I can feel like, dude, this is not God's heart. In one day, he added 3,000 people to the church. One day. God's heart was never for the church to say this little thing over in the corner somewhere. His heart was that the world would be radically changed. A community, a city would be radically changed by the work of God through a people that he called out to call them in. Now, here's the thing. Here we find out the principle in the book of Acts about the church. They both, grow, they both grew large and small simultaneously. God did that on purpose. You know why? 
because he knew people needed connection and relationship. Circles are better than rows. That's why it says they met at the temple in a corporate setting like this, and they met in houses where they shared meals together so they could know one another, love one another. We need to be both grow large and small at the same time. I need more people who are willing to be leaders and open up their home so that other people can be engaged in the, in, in the kingdom of God, sharing the light and the life of Jesus. Maybe I need some people who can just be a, be a, a host home where another leader can show up and, and do the leading. We need more, not less. Our group leaders are going to meet directly after service, and I would say this. If you feel like a nudge, like my house or my life could be a place people could grow, see that man right there in the rust-colored shirt. His name is Rick Tripp. He's our small group's pastor sitting right there. Wave to him. Hey, everybody. He's like, dude, don't do that to me, but I'm going to do it anyway because we, we, we need more, not less. We want to both grow large and small at the same time, just like the book of Acts. And, you, and, and if you're, you're not engaged in that, you need to be. You can't live your calling unless you're living in belonging. It's impossible. Look at your neighbor and say, it's impossible. Another thing I want to say is your, your ability to live in your calling hinges on your level of devotion to the belonging. It's about to get real now. Verse 3 of Ephesians 4 says this, make every effort. Now look at your neighbor and say, he's talking to you and he's talking to me. Make every effort to keep yourselves united in the Spirit, binding yourselves together with peace. You see, you cannot get where you need to be unless you're devoted to the belonging God calls you to. You just can't. You, you, you can't. You, 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 can, you can be devoted to all sorts of other things. And I want to say this. I'm going to hit myself. Hebrews 10, 24 and 25. Listen to this. Let us think of ways to motivate one another to acts of love and good works. Listen to the next line. And let us not neglect our meeting together. As some people do. But encourage one another, especially now that the day of his returning is drawing near. Last week I read to you John 13, 34 and 35. Jesus said it's the love that is expressed among us that will denote to the people outside if we're his disciples or not. If we neglect meeting together, we will not achieve that goal. You want to know why I think the church in the United States is having a hard time getting its mission accomplished? You want to know, you know a statistic I heard from Barna the other day, a couple months ago? The regular church attender, regular, everybody say regular. The regular church attender shows up one, in America, shows up 1.8 times a month. Who said that? Who said that's scary? You're right, that's scary. When I read this, and it says not to neglect, no wonder we're not, we're, we're not accomplishing our mission. We're not, we're not around each other to provoke one another to love and good works, to stay on mission. Why are, why are groups such a big deal? Because you need people engaged in your life to keep you going. You need to know that your father has put people in place on purpose to let you, let them, to, to, that you know that he knows where you are so you can be encouraged and motivated. Why do we believe in small groups? Because we all need this. And can I say something to you with an immense amount of love? Everything else that gets in the way of you filling your calling is trash. It's trash. I don't care how, how good it makes you feel. I don't care how, it make, you know, how make it good it makes you feel about, I don't know, how good of an athlete you are because you're such a great bowler. 
I'm just saying. I don't care what kind of standing it puts you with the other parents at the school. I don't, I don't care. If it's intervening and in, in, in you abiding by this one thing, you're missing it. There used to be a time where, where, where schools wouldn't schedule things when church was going on. You know why? They knew the church people were committed to the church and the mission of it. My wife and I were at a, a word assembly on Friday. And there was this big, long speech about how wonderful these, and I, and I think it's a great accomplishment, don't, don't, don't misunderstand, but I think sometimes our, 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 our loyalties are misplaced, about these students who lettered in three, three sports all four years, and there was this big, long spiel, and sitting out, where my wife and I could see there's this young girl who from night to night didn't know where her family was going to be, if she's going to have a bed to sleep in, and she made high honor roll, and she was never acknowledged. Boy, I just, I, don't, I think that's the greater accomplishment than lettering some sport. When, you're, when your parent, you, you got a, at least one parent who's strung out on drugs and you don't know if you're going to pay the bills, you're going to bounce from house to house to house to house, and, and, and they're sitting there high on a roll and nobody acknowledges? Come on! I mean, Really? And I loved watching that shot off the backboard LeBron pulled off last night with, you know, 0.8 seconds to go or whatever it was. But doggone it, it's just a basketball game. When are we going to really acknowledge people who overcome in life? You know what I mean? I mean, I... I'm just saying we get sidetracked so easy about things we think matter and they don't. You know what I mean? We, we, we think, though, that Acts 2.42 says, all the believers, listen to these words, all the believers devoted themselves to, and there's a list of things included in that, sounds like verse 46, to fellowship and to sharing meals, including the Lord's Supper. That means they were together on purpose, with intention. They devoted themselves. And the worst thing you can do when anything of life is going on is to pull yourself away from the people who share the same faith you do. If you are looking at your life and you're close to friends and nine out of ten of them don't share your faith, something's wrong. Now, we have to have friends of people who are outside the faith. Otherwise, we're not doing our job. Can I salt that with balance? We're not here to create a collective that's just doing our own little thing. We are here to change the world. But I need people who are in my life on purpose engaging me for the cause of Christ because I get screwed up really quickly, really easily. And I need people who are not going just, yes, man, you're so good. Way to go, bro. Blah, blah, blah. I need people to go, Dude, you are messed up today. You know that? What was that all about? Are you losing your mind? Where were you yesterday? You said you'd be at. Oh, yeah, you know, we had that. And I just, no, oh, no. And I need people to go like, dude, you missed something that really mattered. I need that. Can I say something else real quick? I'm just going, can I? Is there a soapbox around here somewhere? Can I say something to you? If you're a part of a church you can't be devoted to, check your heart. If you're just there, I don't know. <laughs> if you're here visiting today and you're like, you're here because you're mad at somebody, don't bring that trash here. Can I just say that? Check your heart first. Maybe God's made you uncomfortable on purpose 
to, to get you someplace where you need to be, okay? But just know this, I'm pretty good friends with most pastors in the neighborhood. So we are going to have a conversation, okay? Just know it, okay? Because they're God's people, they're not our people. And we want to make sure God's sheep where they need to be and make sure they're healed of things they need healed of. So just know that, number one. Number two, check your heart. And even if you feel like God's calling you to leave, make sure you leave another place with a clear heart and a clear conscience. Make sure you, you are good. Are you hearing me? Number two, if you're a part of a church where you can't get behind the vision, shut your mouth. If I get one more phone call from somebody in the neighborhood, oh, I'm, uh, I don't know if I should say this or not. There's this guy named Moses in the Bible. He got angry and he smote a rock and he got in real bad trouble. <laughs> I, I'll say this as nice as I can. I've, I've, if, if you don't have anything good to say, one of two things is wrong. Your heart is messed up, or it's time for you to go, or both at the same time. There's no place. There is zero. If we're devoted, it should be this. If you mess with me, you mess with the whole trailer park. Right? We shouldn't be backbiting and devouring one another because we don't like certain things or the way something was handled. The Bible says this in Matthew 18. If you have something against your brother, you go to them. You don't start a prayer chain. You don't go to Facebook. You don't go to Twitter. Huh? Our political stuff has so infiltrated the church, we think that's appropriate and it's okay, and it is not. It is sinful. When I get a phone call like, hey, I'd, how are things at Church Triumph? And I'm like, fine. Well, that's not what I heard. I'm going to say this. Matthew 18 says, if you have something in your heart, deal with it. Okay? So I'm going to say this. The next time I hear that, get a phone call like that, you're going to get a phone call like that. Okay? Because the Bible tells me if I think someone has something against me, I should go to them. So this, this is just fair warning. This is a family business. I have to have these kind of meetings with my kids all the time. Everybody sit in the room. Oh, my gosh, why do we do this time? Can I say that? Because here's the thing. It is the place of unity that God brings blessings. Psalm 133 says that. Acts chapter 2 talks about that. And we just read about making every effort, right? Every effort. Are you hearing me? And, and it, the thing, the mission of God is more important than, 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 than whether you like, I don't know, how we painted the floor. The mission of God is more important than whether you like the song selection. The mission of God is more important than whether you like so-and-so who's a group leader or not. The mission of God's more important than whether you... <laughs> Make every effort. Be devoted to the people God's called you to walk with. And if you can't, find a group of people you can. That's all I'm saying. Because you're not helping God. You're not helping the name of Jesus. You're not helping the mission of this church or any other one for that matter. Because when people are here to hear you talking, they think that we're all jacked up. And guess what? We are. 
you know what they don't know about that? Is the grace of God supersedes all of it. That's what they don't know. When they, when they can see you operate in grace towards something. Hey, let me go back and read that, by the way. Hang on. What does it, what does it say back here? With all humility and gentleness, with patience, bearing with one another in love, verse 2. When we're out there doing that, we can't get our mission accomplished. Because we're supposed to love one another. You can't live, in, you can't live your calling until you're, walking in, until you're living in belonging. You just can't. You just, you, you just can't. It's impossible. And living your calling doesn't mean taking a spot on a pew and being the commentator for how you don't think how well things are going. That's not, especially if you're not talking to people who, in your mind, are to blame. On another note, God created you for family so you could live in belonging. Verse 6 says, there's one God and Father of all who is over all, in all, and living through all. Ephesians 1, 3 through 6, really like this. All praise to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly realms because we, again plural, are united with Christ. If we're united with Christ, we should be united with one another. Even before he made the world, God loved us, plural, and chose us together in Christ to be holy and without fault in his eyes. Hallelujah. Death was, death was arrested. My life began, right? Huh? God decided in advance to adopt us into his own family. Hallelujah. I mean, think about that. Us, me, you, this messed up guy who skipped school was a quitter for all practical purposes except God put a roadblock in my way. Me, you, us are called out. Into his family. He just doesn't want an organization of people to get something done. He wants a family who will love him and love one another and then love those around him. It's not just about an organization with the mission. It's about a family going somewhere together. Some of you are probably planning some kind of great vacation this summer. How many of y'all are in that, right? And your hopes and dreams is that it fortifies and encourages and creates memories and, and, and gets you someplace so the next chapter of your life can be, can be start with a bang, right? Am I right about that? Before the next school year starts or, or whatever. Listen, that's God's heart too. God's heart wants to create something among his family that, 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 that sets the stage, that revives and encourages and strengthens to get us somewhere on purpose so we can be ready for the next thing because it's about the future, as I read in that passage in Ephesians 4, right? A hope called to one glorious hope for the future. It's not about right now, right? This is what he wanted to do. That's what's so beautiful. It gave him great pleasure. Listen to these words. So we together praise God for the glorious grace he's brought on us who belong to his dear son. We're part of a family. We're part of the herd, right? You're easy pickings for the enemy when you're, when, you don't, when you're not in the herd. Do you know that? 1 Peter 5, 7 says this. That Satan, our enemy, roams about like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. Go watch Animal Planet. Go watch Nat Geo Wild or Discovery Channel or one of those things, right? And just pay attention to the next big thing you see about big cats. And watch how they operate. 
They would look at the herd. They pound. They 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 hang around the outside, and they wait for an older one, a sick one, an injured one, a young one to kind of get outside of the the fold, and then they start running interference between the herd and that 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 one. And then when they've got them isolated, they pounce. You see what Jesus is saying here is to be sober and vigilant. Don't get away from the herd. Part of your being sober and vigilant is to be a part of the herd. Be so networked with the body of Christ, Satan can't pick on you individually. Are you understanding that? And the problem is we get in bad ways and we isolate ourselves. Satan needs to run interference. We just pull away. We get angry about something. We get mad about something. We get discouraged about something. We get frustrated about something. And Sometimes it doesn't have anything to do with the church. It just has to do with life. And we just think, okay, I'm just done. Right? Don't do that. If you need a home, there's a home here for you. But be a part of the family. You know, oftentimes we make, we make, we make our girls, well, not just our girls, our kids. We make them come sit at the table with us when it's family dinner time. We make them. When it's time to eat, it's time to eat. It's time to be a family. No excuses. Well, I'm going to, I'm not really hungry, so come sit with us anyway. And that's what we do at our house. If you're in the house, you're eating with us. Now, you don't have to eat, but you're going to be at the table. And you're going to put that crazy piece of electronic equipment away, too. Because you are going to be here. You will be present while you're here. You get me? So, you can't live your calling unless you're living and belonging, right? Here's some good news. Look at your neighbor and say, you're included. Listen to Paul's words here from Romans 1. And you are included among those Gentiles. How many of you actually have Jewish blood in, in, your, in your veins? Just one. Oh, right here, two. We got two. Thanks for letting us in the family. Amy and Sarah, thanks for letting us be a part of your family. Because when, when Paul's talking right here, He's talking to us who are not Jewish. That's what the word Gentile means. You're not, you're not Jewish. So you're included among those Gentiles who have been called to belong to Jesus Christ. Yes! I'm no longer a slave. I am a child of God, right? Woo! Right? Woo! Who said that? Woo! That should be like a, our family like call sign. Woo! Woo! Anyway, I'm writing to all of you in Rome who are listening to these words. Loved by God and are called to be his own people. Loved by God and called to be his own people. May God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ give you grace and peace. Can I say something to you? You will never experience the unlimited power of the grace and peace of Jesus operating in your life unless you are actually functioning in the belonging. Did you catch those words? Paul asked for grace and peace to be attributed once somebody realized they were included and a part of the family. You will never experience, say that to your neighbor, you're not experiencing it unless you're in, tell them that. There is this unlimited quantity of grace and peace God gives from his good good heart, but it doesn't just come like it's dropped, it is kind of dropped out of heaven. Let me think of how I'm going to say this. It is channeled through his church. Through his people. 
And if you're missing grace and you're missing peace, my guess is you're probably not as connected as you ought to be. It's right there in the Bible, right? So if you need grace and you need peace, get in, right? The gospel's this, that all of us are called in. First, Second Peter 3 says this, that God is willing that none should perish, but all should come to repentance. If, you're not, if you and Jesus aren't on the same plane right now, you need to be. And here's how you get in there. You, you recognize he has called you. He's tapped you on the shoulder. You're listening to his word today. The only thing keeping you from that is that, 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 that you're not responding to what he's, what he's, the, the invitation he's dishing out. Do you hear me? So if you're not right with Christ, today's the day you can be. Maybe you were right with Christ at one point, and now you're not. Listen, the Bible says he is married to a backslider. That is so good. He makes good on his stuff. The Bible tells us if we confess our sin, he's faithful and just to forgive us and cleanse us of everything that makes us not right with God. And so it doesn't matter where you are. If you've never walked with Christ or if you walked with Christ and you walked away or whatever, this invitation for you to be a part of the family still exists. The gifts and the calling of God is without repentance. He does not revoke it. And he asks you to be a part of what he's doing. He loves you. He wants you. He takes great, great pleasure in, in helping you figure out who you're supposed to be. And so today, embrace him. How do I do that? You believe in your heart that he is who he said he is. You confess with your mouth, Jesus, I believe. Isn't there a deeper prayer than that? Nope. See, we religiousize everything. There's got to be this formula, right? It's just this. Jesus, I be- deep down in here, I believe and I say it. I believe that you are the way, the truth, and the life. You are my hope. You are my strength. You are. And it's that simple. Shouldn't there be like nice music playing and some people with card rates to pick my name and number? No, not to be that. Mm-mm. Nope. I mean, we like to know that you did it, yes. But it just needs between you and Jesus. And you can do that today. Can I say something to you? We all, we, we belong to God. And we're supposed to belong to one another. And you're going to feel your calling only if you do that. To deny or detour around this delays at best if not prevents altogether you walking in your calling. We cannot walk in our calling unless we're together. We can have greater, where's Derek? Misty. We can have greater impact together. We can do more together. That's what they learned last week at Orange. We can have greater impact together than we do by ourselves. That's what John 13, 3, 4, 3, 5 is all about. Let me ask you a question. Have you found your belonging yet? Have you found it? You still trying to figure your way in? Here's a, here's a way to get locked in, okay? All those people I had raised their hands when we were praying back in the middle of the service, talk to one of them. You can help you get connected. Go on our website. Fill out a thing on, on, our, on our connection page that, that tells you how to lock into a group. Fill out some paperwork, get you locked in there, okay? Because you're going to make it if you do that. Not just sit to steer the back of somebody's head, okay? Let me ask you another question. Are you committed to it? That's maybe a little bit tougher to detect. Let me say this, 1.8 times a month isn't going to cut it. Not for you to live in a healthy, spiritual way. Not for you to fulfill your calling. Not for you to be a blessing to somebody else. Not for you to, you know, I, 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 took, I, took, I, I took the heat for some, some group leaders. Let me say that. 
A few weeks ago, I said something like, if you're not going to be in, just stay out till we get done with this study. Because I had, I, had, I had group leaders who were being frustrated because people would hardly show up to group. And then when they would show back up, it would change the dynamic of the group. And people who had built relationships suddenly felt like they couldn't. And it was a different dynamic every time everybody showed up. And it was becoming very difficult to do what they need to do because people were just here, there, and everywhere. And so when I ask you to be devoted, when, I, when the scriptures say to be devoted, there's a reason behind that because we can't build relationship without time. You can't build relationship without devotion. You, can't, you cannot build, build good, solid, enduring things without commitment. Okay? And so I'm asking that question on purpose. How committed are you to the people God's called you to walk life with? And if you can't figure out why, who you are, where you're supposed to be going, what you're supposed to do, my guess is maybe to a degree you're disconnected. That might not be the only reason. Some of you may have other reasons, but that, that's, a, that's, a, that's a reason. People can't find out what they're supposed to do, who they're supposed to be, where they're supposed to go in life. See, grace, peace, and belonging are yours when you are in belonging. Grace, peace, and calling are yours when you are net in the belonging. Thanks for listening to the CT Podcast, a ministry of Church Triumphant, another opportunity for you to be equipped and encouraged to win, disciple, and send. For further information, go to www.churcht.org.